Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is May 25th. I can never figure out May and March. I just get them so confused. 111 days until Buccaneers kickoff. Do you also get the J months confused? No, because my birthday's in July. <laughs> if there was three J months, I probably would. There are. January. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to quit now while I'm ahead. <laughs> All right. We got an exciting show for you tonight. We're going to cover some news. We got some information on guess who? Tom Brady. No. Yep. There's a little bit of news out there on him, surprisingly. Uh, we there's another guy too. Uh, gosh, what's his name? Uh, Gronkowski, Grinkonowski. It doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, a little bit of news on him. We're gonna cover that. Cover some stuff going on around the league. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about the media too. Get some media bashing going on in there. A little bit of Cameron Brait. We're gonna talk about our secondary a little bit. Wow, you got all kinds of stuff. Yes, and then we're gonna talk about. Tom Brady, is he going to have success in Bruce Arians' high-flying offense? Lovely. That sounds like a lot we got we got to cover. Yes. Let's do this. All right. Tom Brady has extra cops patrolling outside his house. Did you know that? I would support that fully. He, they actually have a boat sitting out in the water. He has to pay for it. Though. Yeah. There's a, okay. There's, there's a program. That sounds in- reasonable. I support this. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little surprised it's not private security. Well, I guess it is if you're paying for Technically. it. Technically. Well, you know, I've they, heard that they, about law enforcement that a lot of them have kind of second gigs where they oh, might yeah. do security or. Yeah, yeah. Most other like police that. departments have uh, an overtime program where right. you actually get paid through the police department, but they're getting paid through private citizens or venues or whatever. Yeah, uh, police officers make a crap ton of overtime, if they want to. They get signed up for all these security details. But yeah, there was a picture of a police boat sitting outside Tom Brady's rental property. Derek Teeter's house. Apparently, a lot of people were going up and taking pictures. You know, so, yeah. yeah, that's a little creepy. It is a little I creepy. Could, I could see, the, especially when you have children, too, and you just oh don't gosh. know who's... I think in Foxborough... He was more secluded, his house. Yeah. So this is kind of a change for him. Yeah. Plus, it's cold up there. Nobody goes outside. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think they do. I think they're crazy. I think they go out in, like, shorts (laughs) when it's snowing. They, like, shovel snow in shorts. I know some people in Illinois that do that. Now, you're familiar with uh, Tom Brady having practice with all the receivers and stuff. Yes. Can we talk about this? Yep. Let's Let's talk talk about about that. Okay. Okay. Did we talk about it last podcast? I don't remember. It seemed like it was so long ago. I know. I don't think so. Um, He was practicing at, what is it, Berkeley Prep? Yes. With a bunch of the guys. Tampa Bay Times crashed it. Now, the pictures crack me up because it looks like they're sitting in a car and you can just imagine they're kind of slumped down in their seats, kind of shooting pictures and like all paparazzi like. I listened to the Ira Kaufman podcast and one of the Joes said, if if you're not from around the area, like we're not. Berkeley Prep is, there's like one way in, one way out and there's a guard shack. It's kind of a fancy 
private school down there that a lot of the coaches actually send their kids to. And so Tampa Bay Times, they couldn't get on the property. They're actually parked like on a side street. And that's how they were able to get the shots of Tom and the boys practicing. Yeah, Blaine Gabbert was asked about it because he was there as well. <clears throat> he said, I just don't know where those pictures came from, but somebody's got a pretty good camera lens for, from some far distance. <laughs> he said, I guess that's what it's come to in this day and age. It's like, man, pretty funny. We got a kick out of it when we saw it. Somebody either uh, tipped them off that they were going to have practice there or they were basically stalking these guys to see where they went. But Yeah, and they went out super early in the morning. It was like mm-hmm. 7 in the morning. And it was Rick Stroud and I think his photographer. Rick Stroud, if you're not familiar, he is the beat writer for the Tampa Bay Times. He covers the Buccaneers. He's been there for quite a while. Uh, but he did get the scoop, went out there, and got the pictures. It was a uh, national news. It was all over the place. Uh, Joe Buck's fan was a little upset that they didn't get... <laughs> The tip. They need better sources. They actually referred to them as the paparazzi, and some people took uh, offense at that. And oh, come on! They came. Well, you know, everybody takes offense at everything anymore. But Joe came out, and he was like, "Hey, if I would have known about it, I would have been out there with you." So, <laughs> yes. but of course, Rick Stroud is not going to be tipping off. No, the not, Joes. No, uh, no love lost there. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Cameron Brait was asked about the working out with Tom Brady, and uh, he he said it was a little weird because they, him and some of the other receivers, were having to teach Brady the offensive verbiage. So he said he said he found that a little weird. I also heard that Tom was walking the receivers through the route, so mm-hmm. he could kind of explain where he wanted them to be or where he expected them to be. Which you brought this up and I had not thought about that, but how annoying it had to have been for the receivers who, you know, they know how to do their job. They're the (laughs) receiver. So, but you know, it's Tom fucking Brady. Who cares? Yeah. If he were to say, okay, go out, take a left and climb on that building over there, they'd all be like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, this is, that is the interpretation of the people watching it from a distance. We're saying, it looked like Tom Brady was showing them the routes. It might have been Tom Brady walking through the routes with them so that he could get a feel for what Right, maybe they were teaching Tom. Like. Yes. Or maybe he was regurgitating where he understood them to be mm-hmm. so that he could learn it. Yes. Well, another thing came out of this, which uh, me and Molly <laughs> had an extremely good laugh at this. Um, Jenna Karen Lane... <laughs> <laughs> tweeted about this uh, meet the, the the practice and then she wrote an article on it and she said that a league spokesperson told ESPN that this was not breaking the rules as well, far as the beer virus rules go right and my first thought was wait a minute you know somebody from the league did not call ESPN up and go hey 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 guys I just want to let y'all know that this is okay. Don't be worried about it. No, somebody called the league office and asked them, hey, are these guys supposed to be out practicing with the coronavirus <laughs> out? I love that impersonation. <laughs> and uh, Well, I had seen someone else tweet about it too. It wasn't Jenna. It was Tom, I think, Policero. I don't know if I'm saying his name correctly. And I don't remember what outlet. He might be ESPN also. 
Well, I went back and looked at all the articles that came out and got their times at when they were doing it. And it, it appears that Jenna Lane was the first one to of come out with it. Of course she was. Unfortunately, of course she was. the Tampa Bay Times did not have a timestamp on their articles, and I just hate that. Well, but and they updated the article, they too. They did, and didn't tell you what they updated, which I hate that. And I don't remember. They, they put a paragraph in there, it appears, that basically said the NFL said this was okay and there won't be any discipline or whatever. And then they also did another article covering that later. So... My assumption, and this is just pure assumption, is that Jenna Lane called up the NFL League office and asked if it was okay for these guys to practice. Was it, I wonder know? if she asked them if they needed masks. <laughs> She'll probably be out there handing them out next time. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, they were touching the football and throwing it back and forth. So. Well, they should wear gloves. And hand sanitizer. Right. After exactly. every time they touch the ball. <laughs> yes. In case you're not familiar with the Karen meme, that's just exactly what it reminded me of. It's a, you know, it's the meme where you have these uh, middle-aged wine-drinking women who are, you know, with the bleach blonde hair, the bleach blonde hair, going. I want to talk to the manager. You know, basically their whole shtick. And And that's, gosh, that's what that reminded me of so much. It was just like somebody called up the NFL league office and asked, "Is this okay?" Never go full Karen, guys. <laughs> it's not a good look. Bleacher Report did a projection of the 2020 numbers of every starting quarterback. Actually, you know what? Let's save that. That'll be a good segue. That'll be a good segue. Uh, Tom Brady is going to be having a ESPN documentary series focusing on his nine Super Bowl appearances. Uh, it's going to be t- titled The Man in the Arena, Tom Brady. The series will be a joint production between ESPN, Brady's production company, it's called 199 Productions, and Religion of Sports Gotham Chopra, which I would assume that's the agent. Chopra? I'm not sure. Uh, but, but no, no, Chopra was an executive producer of the six episode series called Tom vs. Time that aired in 2018. Okay. I knew I recognized that name from somewhere. Uh, the series, the nine part series, is going to air on ESPN sometime in 2021. Well, he'll still be with the Bucks by then, hopefully. Hopefully. We yeah. got him for two years. Yeah, yeah. Now, see. Hopefully, I've, he'll have a 10th Super Bowl appearance yeah. to show. <laughs> They'll have to put an asterisk on there or right. edit it in. Uh, but I think it's a little too early for mess like that. You know, it, you could. this is definitely Tom Brady marketing, Tom Brady. But th- right now, you've got 31 teams that hate you. You know, and I remember when Michael Jordan was playing in the NBA. Well, and I think that's important that you mention that because, of course, The Last Dance just came on with Michael Jordan and it kind of seems like this is in that same vein. Right. And everybody is like, oh, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, you're awesome. It used to not be that way. Most everybody in the league did not like Michael Jordan. I mean, talking about fan-wise, you know, because they had to play against him and, (laughs) you know, so, you know, there was a lot of Michael Jordan haters out there. People forget that. But after time, you know, you kind of acquiesce. Oh, eh. so you think that he should wait until he basically gets like God status. Well, until he retires. Right. So, you know, well, yeah. A lot of people aren't going to watch this or they're going to watch it to hate on it and then, you know, pull out stuff to make memes with and everything. You know, you wait, wait a few years till after you retire and then you put stuff out like that out. But, you know, hey, that's just my personal opinion. But uh, just about everybody hates Tom Brady if you're not a. Patriots or Buccaneers fan. Okay, well, to play devil's advocate, he is the most relevant right now. 
True so enough. there's probably a huge market share that he may not get in a few years, especially depending on how his career ends. Oh, yeah. I, I, he knows what he's doing better than I do. That's for sure. But it just seems to me that you're just going to get more hate than you are anything. You know, wait a few years. Everybody's going to love Tom Brady. You know, after he's gone, everybody's going to go, yeah, we have to admit he was the GOAT. And... Do people still hate him? Oh, yeah. Good Lord. I feel like I'm insulated from it now with the Buccaneers. <laughs> like I should... <laughs> Everybody loves Tom Brady now. I know. With, In the Buccaneers, the everybody loves him. <laughs> um, the Joe Bucks fan, JoeBucksFan.com had an article that uh, was talking about uh, the stalking thing with Tom Brady, about the other reporters and stuff. And... If you're not familiar with JoeBucksFan.com, they have a very unique writing style, and it's it's two guys, Steve Isbitz and Lee DeCamper, and they go, they both write, but they both write under the moniker of Joe, and they so, write, they refer to themselves themselves in, in the third person, in the third person. But one of the things they love to do is they love to give people nicknames. So they'll have a whole paragraph full yeah. of nicknames. Well, one of the nicknames they have for Jameis Winston is they call him America's quarterback. One of the reasons for that is because they really loved Jameis Winston. They um, they are now calling Brady park-violating, home-invading Bucks quarterback Tom Brady. You know what? I just read an article by them and saw that. <laughs> yes. Every time they mention Tom Brady, they say they use that nickname. And the fans are kind of pissed about it. The, the comment section in this one article it was pretty good. I mean, they got the fans were like, come on, you got to stop this. You know, I mean, you know, it shows your bias. And, you know, Tom Brady's got these Super Bowls and he deserves a little bit more respect and blah, blah, blah. And Joe Bucks fan got all riled up, too. He was in the comments or he they were in the comment section. Like probably. Edit, yeah, probably. Uh, you know, talking back to people and telling them basically to go screw themselves and what they're going to do what they want. And they that's were, always been their attitude. Too. Yeah. Yeah. No Which, matter you know, what. Hey, I respect it. So it, I found it very interesting. I'm glad to see that from Bucks fans. Yeah, because it's been so long since we've kind of had pride in the team, and mm -hmm. so you know, and especially an outlet like Joe Bucks fan, where they kind of feed on the negativity a lot, and you know, they kind of they they attract. There's a lot to be to be negative about in the last few years, so they've kind of fed into that, and so it's nice to see that Bucks fans are kind of. Voicing their displeasure about that and having some pride in the team. I'm definitely seeing a lot more positivity and pride with Buck fandom, uh, which brings me to another interesting point. Uh, there was another article on Joe Buck's fan where they were talking about Jameis Winston's abysmal home performances. And you brought you, me and you were talking about this the other day. Uh, Winston had 58 touchdowns and 51 interceptions at home. And on the road, he had 63 touchdowns and 37 interceptions. That is just outrageous. Yes, it really is. It's It makes you go, what in the world was the difference? And I think last year, I can't remember the exact numbers, but like of his, how many interceptions did he have? 30? 30. I think like 24 or 26 were at home and then the mm -hmm. rest were away. So like four or six. It's just, I mean, yeah, it was, it was a huge skewing. Yeah, it's yeah. just crazy to me. And there's, there's got to be a reason for it. And I think one of the reasons that, you know, me and you have talked about it is that James Winston just didn't do very good under pressure. And when you're at home, maybe you feel like there's a little bit more pressure. I don't know. 
Uh, but, you know, it might be a fan thing because when you're, you know, we, we had a, a, an abysmal, over the past decade, we've had an abysmal home record. You know, our home field advantage just is non-existent. We have too many fans from other teams come in, you know, and they make the stadium loud. And I, I think it's just very discouraging for our players, you know, to where they never have home field advantage. You know, that when they're playing New York or Philadelphia or whatever at Buccaneers, it's louder when, you know, the offense is on the field because there's so many opponent fans in the stands making noise. And I think it's discouraging. And you're, you're also, you know, when Jameis Winston's out there, he's expecting it to be a little bit quiet in the stadium when he's on offense. They're not, they're not running silent count at home, although they have done that before. It's so bad. Uh, you know, so you get, you get discombobulated, you know, you're playing at home, but you're, it's, it feels and sounds like you're playing in an away stadium. That's interesting. But then he's not having the same performance at away stadiums when it's probably loud there too. But they prepare for a loud stadiums when they go play somewhere else. You don't prepare for a loud stadium. I know, but you home. think that he'd be used to you, it you figure that, at a certain point. Yeah, you'd think I think it's he just knows that a lot of eyes are on him at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just he just does not do well under pressure. Mm-mm. Bucks tight end Rob Gronkowski has a new show coming out. It's coming out tomorrow night, which will be Tuesday, uh, May 27th. Uh, it's called Game On with an apostrophe or a exclamation point. It's featuring him and Venus Williams. And apparently it's going to be like a, uh, just kind of like a goofy sports show where they try out a bunch of dumb stuff, you know, it's her. And- if he gets hurt on this show, well, it's already, be, it's already been oh, filmed. Oh, it's okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I, I think so. I hope. I hope so. Man, that would suck. I know. <laughs> Remember, like, Connor Barth tore his ACL playing basketball? Oh, my gosh. Who was it that got hurt playing beach volleyball? Maybe that was Connor. We've had so many. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it airs Wednesday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time, beginning May 27th on CBS. So we're going to check it out. That's for sure. But we know one thing I didn't check out, and it was so funny because we had just talked about this a couple podcasts ago, was that golf tournament between Tom Brady, uh, Peyton Manning, Phil Mickelson, and Tiger Woods. I'm so glad that you brought it up because Pro Football Talk is reporting that it was the most watched golf event in cable TV history. Wow. What? I heard it was really good if you like golf, but that's the problem. All I... I really paid attention to was that Tom Brady split his pants like right in the (laughs) frame of the camera when he's Uh like bending over to pick up the ball. Yeah. He was a good sport. Which is kind of funny. I mean, it kind of humanizes him a a little bit. (laughs) But I just can't watch golf. We had talked about that, how, you know, if I ever start watching golf on TV or worrying about my manicured lawn, then just go ahead and shoot me. Put me out the pasture, man, because I'm done. Life is over. And in this Tournament was coming up, and I was like, oh, I need to watch that. I just, co- I just couldn't bring myself to do it. You know what's worse than watching golf is seeing people tweet live updates throughout <laughs> the match, and that's what happened on Buck's Twitter. Or about worse than watching golf is sitting around talking about watching golf. About yeah. Twitter. What are we doing right now? It is horrible. But, yeah, I, I didn't watch it. Everybody said it was good, though. Uh, it, it actually rivaled numbers produced by the Michael Jordan documentary. 
That's what Pro Football Talk is reporting. Really? And it drew an average of 5.8 million viewers. I think there's just no sports on TV. Right. So everyone is so desperate. Yeah. I think at this point, but, but, I might watch racing. <laughs> I might nap during racing. <laughs> Isn't that what everyone does during yes, racing? Yes. Uh, except for when the, the wrecks happen and everybody wakes up. Right. It's like instinctive almost. But the golf tournament thing, you know, that's four huge superstars. I mean. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right? Those guys are. And I think Peyton Manning's such a big draw, too, because he's got so much personality. Yeah, he's He's just hilarious. He's great at marketing. He's very good at it. But Rob Gronkowski's got a show coming out tomorrow night, and he was on the Late Late Show with James Corden the other night. And Joe Buck's fan had an article about it, and he asked the question. He said, when is the last time a Bucks player appeared on a national late-night talk show? Joe McCoy. Exactly. It's like they forgot totally about that. Uh, but he said Joe suspects it was after the Bucks won the Super Bowl in 2003. No, Gerald McCoy was on late night with Col- uh, Colbert, S- Stephen Colbert. Uh, when this was when the Bucks sucked, I don't yeah. think it was. I don't think it was the two and fourteen season. It might have been the season after that where we went like five and eleven or something. But anyhow, we sucked, and Gerald McCoy was out there, you know, doing the late night circus. But Stephen Colbert and him had the both both had the same agent and. I'm sure that's one of the reasons why he was able to get on there. But that's one of the things I always felt like with Gerald McCoy is he wanted to be a celebrity more than he wanted to be a football player. And that's one of the issues I had with him. You know, he was always in front of a camera. Always. I'll be a little honest right now. I get that vibe from Gronkowski. We talked about this. Yes, it is a worry. You know, that if you look at it as marketing, he's marketing the team, eh, you know, but his personality especially is bigger than the Bucks, I think. But it and, is it is a worry that, you know, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski are going to be too distracted or too worried about their celebrity status, too worried about marketing themselves, whatever. You know, they're not going to focus 100% on football. Although, to be honest with you, I don't think they need to. I don't think Rob Gronkowski needs to catch a ball. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think that he is going to be fine. Yeah. Just you put him out there as a decoy. Yeah. And and Tom Brady can't be much worse than James Winston as far as, you know, turning the ball over. (laughs) I just don't, I just don't, uh, I don't see how, even if they are totally distracted, that they, they are going to improve the team. There's just no getting around. I agree. And so it doesn't bother me too much, but it is just kind of a concern I have. We'll see how it goes. According to The Guardian, an NFL player says he was groped and assaulted on a United Airlines flight the other day. Uh, I think this was last week. Uh, They're suing United Airlines for uh, not removing the woman from next to them. It was two NFL players. They're both listed as John Doe 1 and John Doe 2. Apparently, this female passenger got on the plane when she got drunk and was taking prescription pills and started like grabbing their crotches and all this good stuff. And she wouldn't leave them alone. The two players kept calling the United Airlines staff people and were like, hey, can you do something about this? And they didn't until like the fourth or fifth time. And eventually they moved her seat into the back. I find this interesting for a number of reasons. But the main one is that why wasn't she arrested? You know, there's no mention of criminal charges here. It's just uh, a civil thing. They're going to sue her. 
you know. Well, they're suing the airline, right? Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. They're suing the airlines, not her. I mean, she might have been arrested or whatever and got charges. I don't know, but there there hasn't been any mention of it. And it's interesting to me how nobody is really thinking of that. I have not seen one single article or person say, why wasn't she arrested? I mean, if the roles were reversed, everybody on the plane would have tackled the guy, drug him off the plane after giving him a beating, and he would have been locked up right there. Or they would have thrown him out the window if he was in the air. It's just very strange to me. It's kind of like that, uh, what was it here recently, a player... Got beat up by his wife or something? What was that? We did a, a section of it on the podcast. Was that the Earl Thomas thing? What was that? Where his he went to that orgy with his brother. Oh, and yeah, right, right. The, yeah, wife yeah. Came yeah, the wife came with some of her girlfriends. Yeah, and with some knives weapons. and guns and threatening them and stuff like that. <clears throat> it's just so strange how everybody's like, well, that's okay. Yeah, very, very strange to me. Well, I think athletes in particular, you just think that they are physically... Strong enough to handle themselves. Man, that's so people not how kinda, it works. Uh, I mean, I know, but I think people take it for granted. Yeah. Uh, the NFL expanded the Rooney rule to strengthen the diversity stuff, but they didn't add in the extra draft picks if you hire a uh, coach of color, anything of that nature. What they did is they made the Rooney rule now expanded to. Uh, assistant coaches and different personnel instead of just head coaches. So now whenever there's a an opening, you have to interview people of color before anybody else. Or you have to at least interview people of color before you can make your decision. Now, Omar Kelly had an article in the Sun Sentinel, and he said, the NFL expands the Rooney Rule. This was the title. NFL expands Rooney Rule to strengthen diversity, but Dolphins are already leading the way. And when I read that, Headline, I was like, leading the way in what? Because it ain't winning. You're not wrong. Take it for draft picks. Right. What's the uh, what's the objective here? Are we uh, are we trying to win or are we trying to make, you know, statements? Quotas. Yeah, quotas. Obviously, this Omar Kelly guy thinks it's you know making statements. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do anything the Dolphins are doing. <laughs> right. You know, if if that's what they're doing, I want to do the exact opposite of it. Right. Found that interesting. Uh the preseason schedule is out for the Buccaneers. We now have dates and times. We're the first game is at the Steelers. It's gonna be August fourteenth at seven thirty PM. Uh the next game, preseason week two, is versus the Jaguars. That's gonna be at Buccaneers Stadium, August twenty second at eight PM. Uh, next game is the Titans coming to Raymond James Stadium, August 29th at 7 p.m. And then the last preseason game is at the Browns, <laughs> August 3rd at 7.30 p.m. So now Sep- we got our time. September times. 3rd. Oh, September 3rd. Okay. I had written down August 3rd. Thank you for that, Molly. You're always there to let me know when I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's a job you've never failed at all day. <laughs> If nothing else, that is my crown achievement. Okay, back to the Bleacher Report article. Bleacher Report did a projection of the 2020 numbers of every starting quarterback. Tom Brady projected stats are 383 completions, 612 attempts, 4,387 yards, 31 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 20 carries for 45 rushing. What do you think? I think that yardage is low. Very. 4,300? Yes. Are you crazy? I think they're doing like most talking heads as they're playing safe. (laughs) 
They're giving him a 63% completion rate. He had a 61% completion rate last year. Okay, uh, but it, he did not have the caliber of receiver right. that we do. Uh, Jameis Winston had a 61% completion rate last year. <laughs> so, which one is it? You know, is it the better receivers or the quarterback? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I think that there was some adjustment to the system last year. This year, for the receiver, or for the receiver and the quarterback, this year, it's just going to be the quarterback adjusting to the system. We have a 20-year vet who I don't think is going to really have that much trouble. No, I don't think he's going to have any trouble. And that brings us to, can Tom Brady play in this system? I, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit, and I even said this on the podcast quite a few times uh, after the season when there was rumors that Tom Brady was coming, which, you know, we all hoped for it, but we didn't. Yeah, I didn't expect it. And I said, no. You know, the reason why Tom Brady won't come here is because he just won't fit in Bruce Arian's system. I mean, you know, we've watched Tom Brady for 20 years. You know, he had the one year with uh, Randy Moss where he threw deep quite a bit. Uh, but other than that, you know, he's never been a big bomb thrower. You don't see it. You know, He's a, you know, dink and dunker, a check down artist, a screen passes, throws a lot to running backs, uh, you know, guys shooting across the middle, you know, 10, 15 yards down the field. Just not, you just don't see him as a gunslinger. You know, it's definitely not how you, you know, no risk it, no biscuit. That is not Tom Brady. And so I was like, there, you know, there's no way he would come here. There's no way that they would want him here because he just doesn't fit. Well, you know, I did that video, and I, I wanted to find out. I was like, I want to see. And I went in with this, with that biasness that, you know, Tom Brady's just not going to be able to throw 150 times downfield like Jameis Winston did. And I was really shocked at what I saw. One, the system is very similar to ours that they run, except they run – more two deep receivers with two or three underneath guys where we run more three deep receivers with one, maybe two underneath guys. That was really the only difference. I mean, there, you know, of course there's difference in design and all that, but I'm as far as, but it wasn't like the routes were predominantly three deep or predominantly two deep or whatever. It was, they would, it was, it was really surprising at how similar the two offenses were as far as, how many deep routes both teams ran. So the opportunities were there. The Patriots ran more than we did. It seemed like the numbers, it's kind of like, eh, it's about the same, but they, they definitely had more screen plays and more plays where they used the deep receivers as decoys. But also the bucket, the Patriots had the lead a lot more than we did. So they didn't need to throw it deep. They had, they did not lose the lead until week five. They had, they the, also had a really weak schedule though, right? Oh, That's very what weak. everybody said. Very weak. And they had eight games, half of their games. They never lost the lead. The other team never had the lead. That's incredible. Half the games. Uh, yeah, in the first four games, they had the lead all the way through the game. The other team never had the lead. And it wasn't until the fifth week that they actually lost the lead. That's, that's insane. But that that requires and it calls for not that many deep passes. When you've got the lead, you're not going to throw it deep. 
No, why would you? You're right. going to make a mistake that way. Exactly. Are you more likely to? Yes. Uh, Jameis Winston and Tom Brady's deep ball percentage completion was exactly the same, too. Uh, right around. How crazy is that? It, it's very crazy. Okay, so when you're defining deep ball, that is 15 uh, yards or 15 more? 15 yards, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, some people say 20, some people say 25 and all that good stuff. I just go with 15. Uh, what was it? Dirt Cutter used to call them the explosive plays. I think he said 15 yards running and 20 yards passing. Something I don't remember, but 15 yards seems to be it's actually just easier in the databases to <laughs> pull it up. But as far as deep balls, Jameis Winston had 152 on the season, and Tom Brady had 99 attempts. Both of them, those were attempts, 152 and 99. So that's a, you know, it's a big difference. But Jameis Winston had 20 more deep ball attempts than second place. Uh, Tom Brady was actually a little above middle of the pack as far as throwing it deep. Uh, Drew Brees was at the bottom. I think he had 22 deep ball attempts. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was also out quite a bit last right. year too but still he's just not a deep ball thrower right and that's how you look at tom brady as a matter of fact you know i think of them as very similar as far as their their passing goes you know the guys that get rid of the ball quick they decide where they're going to throw it quick and it's usually somebody shooting across the middle or somebody in the flats or you know to a check down to a running back you just don't see them as waiting for these long vertical passing plays to open up and then chunking it downfield well you know, I did this video, and that's what I expected to see. I expected to see uh, the systems being, you know, much more different than each other, and I was very surprised to see that they were very similar as far as deep ball opportunities. And then I started watching Tom Brady. This guy chunks it down the field, man. I mean, he when he gets the chance, he's zinging it. It's just that the play designs, there's, there's really not a lot of need to go deep down the field. But when he's got a one-on-one going down the field, he's going to throw it down there. And that's what Bruce Arians loves. Bruce Arians says, hey, man, I don't care if it's third and three. If you see your best wide receiver is one-on-one on the outside, blazing down the field, chunk it to him. And Mike Evans is so good about that, throwing that hand up, mm-hmm. I'm open, he throws that hand up, you chunk it to him. Yes, and like you said, Tom Brady just did not have those receivers. He had, you know, I mean, Philip Dorsett was his deep threat. You know, I'm like, come on. <laughs> That's, uh, you know, he had Edelman, but Edelman's not really a deep threat either. You know, he's just kind of a tough little guy that makes those uh, good catches across the middle. And, you know, if Tom Brady would have had good receivers, you know, those guys that can get the 50-50 balls, the jump balls and stuff, he would have had a lot better numbers. There, the I highlighted it in the video, but while I was watching, I watched a lot of games throughout the season last year with Tom Brady and the Patriots. And uh, then I was like, okay, I, I need to find a team to compare the two quarterbacks against the same defense, because that always matters. And preferably with Tom Brady late in the season, because he's old and we want to know, can he throw it deep? late in the season. You know, I mean, Cam Newton can't do it. Uh, Drew Brees can't do it. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan's getting to the point where he can't do it either, you know. So, you know, I was really expecting to see once you get into the end of the season, Tom Brady's doing a lot more checkdowns. And it started working out that way because in the first game against the Steelers, two of his top two of his top three longest passes of the season were in week one against the Steelers. You know, so right there you're thinking, okay, you know, he just wears out as the season goes along. 
And uh, then well, I got to the, the Dolphins game, and that was his second longest pass was in week 17 against the Dolphins. So then I was like scratching my head. I was like, uh, hold on, wait a second. That doesn't seem to work right. So then I, I looked at the, the numbers, and the last three games of the season, Tom Brady only attempted 12 deep passes, whereas Jameis Winston attempted, I think it was 37. You know, so that was a huge difference. But then watching the games, I'm like, well, well, yeah, the the Patriots were stomping the guys they were playing, except for Miami. They ended up coming back and winning that game. But, the, you know, they had no need to throw it to you. You know, whereas we were playing, I think it was the Texans, uh, the the Falcons, you know, when they were coming on strong. Uh, Tennessee. Was that? Later on the last in the season. Of the last three? Yeah. Tennessee was weak. Eight or nine. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's right after our bye. We had a bye week seven, I think. Okay. So week. Uh, yeah. Did we play Atlanta like twice in the last it few weeks? Been. Yeah, I think it, I can't remember. But the point being, they weren't easy games, and we pretty much ended up losing them. And they were, you know, they were tough games to play. So it was a, it was a huge difference. And that's one thing about stats, man. You know, you could stats can really lead you down the wrong path. So then I was like, okay, I've got this Titans game. This Titans game, Brady plays it week 18. It's the first week of the playoffs. And we played them in week eight. Uh, we both had to fight them really hard. You know, they we didn't get we didn't get a lead and basically run the clock out. Patriots didn't get a lead, basically run the clock out. Uh, we both lost the game on an interception. You know, I mean, it was like the perfect matchup to really see uh, you know, how these two quarterbacks perform. And one thing, and I even showed it to you, was that the seeing the pocket presence, you know, I mean, the, the first video I did with it us It is two. just such a difference when you showed them to me side by side, and particularly the first video you did between Jameis and Tom Brady. Like, it's hard to watch Jameis now. It is. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. No, and especially you... <laughs> those training videos that he releases of him training, because I'm like, you don't need to be tra- practicing that. You need to be training that out of you. <laughs> what was that last one he did with a with base- the baseball what, bat? I don't... Was it a baseball bat or a cricket bat or something? I don't it was know what it very was. Strange, very it was, strange. I mean, and I know that his trainer is like his good friend and he's been his trainer for a long time, but it's <laughs> like the dodging the big scrotum. It just, yeah. don't do that. Stay still. Right. Still. Yeah. That's Quit your fidgeting. problem. Yeah. You fidget too much. Yes. Stop it. And you really see it in those two games or then that game against Tennessee because both quarterbacks got pressured a lot. Uh, you know, Tennessee, that's a good defense. Tennessee, yeah, Tennessee's a good team, even though they cheated. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you see the pressure coming at Jameis Winston, and you know he's you know just gets happy feet, starts running all over the place. The pressure comes against Tom Brady, he gets rid of the ball. You know, I mean, it, it's real that simple. Whole- we watched what what game was it? I think Week Two, the Carolina Panthers, mm-hmm. and Was that yesterday? We went day before. He's getting, you know, the defensive lineman kind of did a pincher move on him and he's holding the ball for like seven, seven seconds. seconds. Yeah. And that's one of those. And of course, he got sacked from behind and it's really close to the end zone. Thankfully, he didn't fumble it. But, you know, that's just buck luck, yeah, right. it seems. <laughs> um, but that's one of those plays where you're like, there's nothing down the field. You throw it out of bounds after like 
three or four seconds. You right. don't keep yeah. holding the ball and ask your offensive line to hold these guys for that long. It's just unreasonable. Yeah, I guarantee you we're going to have a top 10 offensive line this year. Guarantee you. And it's just going to be the difference between Tom Brady and Jameis Winston. You know, if Tom Brady makes his offensive lines look good and Jameis Winston will immediately, when he feels pressure, start scrambling or, uh, you know, just getting happy feet and running around in circles. So you really, it really stood out in that Tennessee game at how the pocket presence was just so commanding on Tom Brady's side and then so disastrous on our side. He's just frantic. Very frantic. And he ran... I want to say he ran for a first down five times and he only made it twice. This is a uh, James Winston. And I think three of them were, he only needed one yard or two yards and he didn't get it. Uh, you know, so it, it was very annoying to watch, but it really stood out at the difference in how those two command the pocket. But what was really fascinating to me was Tom Brady's arm. The guy's got a cannon. I did not realize it. I had no idea. You have been watching Tom Brady for, for 20, 20 years. years. Yeah, and you know, he'll take a shot every now and then going down the field, but he's it just doesn't he just seems like the kind of guy that you know, he's just happy with getting yardage and moving the ball down the field. Slowly. I'm going to disagree with you there. I think it's Belichick. I think that's the way that Belichick coaches mm-hmm. his team. Do your job, do not be spectacular. Right. Like he doesn't want that. Right. He doesn't want these Flash plays. He mm-hmm. wants you do your job, you be consistent, and that's all we want from you. I was watching the Tennessee game, and one of the things that really stands out also is his accuracy. Very, very accurate. He has a very good ability to place the ball where the receiver can catch it, but not only just catch it, but run with it. That's going to be your next video, right? His yes. accuracy? Yeah. In a month? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hopefully not. Oh, that was so annoying with that last video. It took me a month. I did five different versions of that video. It was crazy. Anyhow, but with Tom Brady, there was one pass. You know, I was looking at the deep ball was what I was focusing on. He had a couple of good passes deep, you know, 20, about 20, 25 yards and very accurate, very accurate. But then there was one where the receiver was wide open. Actually, Tom Brady scrambled outside the pocket. Very, very rare for him to do that. But he did that on this play. And he had a receiver wide open down the field for a touchdown. And he threw it short. And I was like, oh, crap. Here we go. This is exactly what I was talking about. He just can't throw it. And it was probably about 35 yards that he threw it. And and that's that's a... It's linearly, but he, he actually threw it probably 45 yards, you know, across his body to the middle of the field. And I was like, well, there it goes. That just proves my point. You know, he can't, you know, this is week 18. He's an old man. He can't throw the ball. So I thought I had it done. I was like, here we go. And, you know, he can't, he can't do it. One play, it's over. Argument, done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's proves all the point. evidence I need. Yeah. It's going to be the shortest video you ever did. Yeah. And then uh, right before the, the halftime, he had two passes. One was probably about 35 yards down the field to a receiver who, I don't know what that guy did. I mean, it was a beautiful pass by Tom Brady. I don't know if he didn't see it or something, but he didn't even put his arms out and it just flew to the sideline. But it was about 35 yards. It was a good pass. And uh, I was like, okay, okay. You know, that, that looks better. And then the very next play was a Hail Mary. 61 yards he threw that thing. And I was like, ooh, 
that's pretty good. But he had to take like five hitches. You know, he was he, he dropped back about 15 yards. The Tennessee Titans didn't rush him. They were doing prevent. And he hitched and hitched and hitched and hitched and then threw it. But he threw a 60, 61 yards and it went where it was supposed to go. So I was like, okay, all right, well, you know, maybe he can throw it a little bit, but it looks like it takes a little bit of effort for him. Well, there was a couple more passes during the game, and I was like, okay, well, you know, it looks like he can throw it 30 yards, 35 yards without an issue. And then in the fourth quarter. Uh, after a full game. After a full game, yeah. And he'd already attempted uh, seven or eight deep balls at this point, and you know, like I said, one of them was uh, 61 yards. Uh, you know, a couple of them were 35, 40, 45 yards. So, you know, I mean, he's he's been working his arm a little bit. Fourth quarter rolls around, and he gets a receiver who gets uh, splits the two deep, and he's going down, and Tom Brady decides, well, I'm going to take a shot, and it was on a uh, fake reverse handoff. It was, it was a really beautiful play. And Tom Brady turns around, he fakes a handoff, fakes the, the end around, and then kind of walks with his back towards the line like he doesn't have the ball. And then he turns around and he goes to throw it. He took one hitch and there was a defender coming right at him. And Tom Brady couldn't move up any further. So he took one hitch, one hitch, had both his feet planted and threw that ball 61 yards down the field in the air, right into the arms of the receiver. I mean, it was a beautiful pass. It was a beautiful play all the way around. On Tom Brady's part, I was just like, I was blown away. It's like, what? You know, you can't, you don't even see young guys doing stuff like this. I mean, he threw that ball 61 yards in the air perfectly into the arms of the receiver while getting hit. He couldn't step up into it. You know, and that's something you'll see with Tom Brady is he doesn't need a lot of room to throw the ball. He, you know, as long as he gets his feet planted, he can spin them hips and them shoulders and chunk it down the field. But what I saw with Tom Brady, this is the whole point I'm, I'm trying to get at. This guy wants to chunk it down the field. Yeah, I think it's exactly what you said. Bill Belichick has been keeping him in check. Tom Brady wants to chunk this ball down the field. And, and I wonder how much of it is people say that he can't do it. So he wants to yeah, do it. So he's going to want to do it. He kind of seems like that kind of guy. And information I've seen points to it being that way. Mm -hmm. well, most competitors are like that when you say you can't do something. They're like, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. Yeah, exactly. They'll spend their whole life <laughs> trying yeah. to prove people wrong. Uh, but, you know, that brings me back to the Bleacher Report article about projecting the numbers. You know, they're they're going safe with it. They're basically the same numbers he had last year. You know, 612 attempts. I think that's exactly what he had last year. Uh, 383 completions. That's almost exactly what he had last year. 4,387 yards. That's almost exactly what he had last year. Blah, blah, blah. Jameis Winston threw, what was it, like 50, around 5,100 50, yards? Tom Brady has thrown more than that. He's thrown, I think, 5,287. I'm not sure. I don't have the numbers right in front of me. Uh, that was in 2011 when he had Ron Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez and all those guys. Uh, but he didn't have the deep threats when he did that. He's got super deep threats now. And he's got Mike Evans that he's going to be able to throw to when he feels pressure now. You know, now he's usually, he usually checks down to people when he feels pressure. But he's got Mike Evans now and, he, and Chris Godwin, who he, he's going to feel confident that, hey, man, if I feel pressure, I'm just going to throw it at these guys and let them catch it. You know, he hasn't had that in a long time. You know, Randy Moss, I think, is the last guy that he felt like, I could throw this ball deep and Randy Moss is going to catch it. 
even though there's three guys on him. And, uh, you know, he's going to have two guys like that now. Not counting Gronkowski and Brait and O.J. Howard and those guys. You know, I mean, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, they, they catch that ball in traffic. Uh, Tom Brady can throw it deep. Tom Brady wants to throw it deep. I think Tom Brady wants to break records. And he wants to break his own record, which was 50 to 87 or something like that. I think he's going to do it. I that really, is a bold prediction. Yeah. I know he can do it. I'm, I'm, I'm quite confident he can do it. And I think they're all chomping at the bit. You know, I think Tom Brady, when he talked to Bruce Arians, he was like, I want it to be in your system. I want to throw this ball deep. And, you know, Bruce Arians is just like, oh, my God, I want to hear that. <laughs> But it, so it it just totally blew my mind because I went into it with a bias. You know, I've been watching Tom Brady for 20 years. He's just not a risk it biscuit guy, you know. And to have my mind changed, you know, looking at it from the perspective of now he's my quarterback. You know, I want to see what's really going on with this guy. You want to see what's underneath the hood. Yeah. <laughs> my Ferrari. <laughs> no, this guy can throw a ball. He can chunk it. He throws beautiful passes, too. Very, very accurate. But, uh, you know, he's got the drive. He's got the will. He wants to prove everybody wrong. And there's a big thing. You know, we talked to me and you talked about this. We've, we've always talked about this. You know, who is it? Is it Belichick or is it Brady? Everybody wants that question answered. It's going to get answered this year. You know, Belichick's starting off with a fresh quarterback. Who the hell is their quarterback? I think I ask this every episode and I still don't know. Did him? He played a few series last year and was horrible. He, Belichick actually pulled Brady out of the game for a couple of series last year to let Stidham come on. I don't think Brady liked that a whole lot. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. Uh, but this is, this year is going to answer that. And I think both of them are wanting to, to, wanting people to say it's them, you know, so Tom Brady's coming down here with this extremely awesome receiving core, you know, a coach that wants him to chunk it down the field and, he wants to chunk it down the field, and he can. That's the thing. Guys, don't don't listen to anybody that says Tom Brady is old and he cannot throw that ball. He can throw that ball. And I think another important part to understand about Tom Brady is we've all heard the TV 12 diet. Mm-hmm. What does that even mean? We covered it in our CTE podcast, but it is a diet that focuses on anti-inflammatory foods that are good for inflammation that help with inflammation and that's so important when you're healing when you're an athlete like that and you need your body every week i think you know it's just i think it makes a difference and it's probably the reason why he's been able to play as long as he has yeah and it gives you that endurance like that's how you get through a full season and he can play 20 games in a season is that how many if you go to a Super Bowl, 20, 19, 20, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it all depends on if you get the bottom. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> but that's how he has that stamina. Stamina. <laughs> Synonym. <laughs> stamina. There we go. Snorted. <laughs> yeah, I think it's been a huge factor. And another thing of it is, and I'm seeing this a lot, especially with Joe Bucks fam. Uh, they're talking about, you know, our off, they're really worried about our offensive line. Uh, keeping Brady upright. Do not worry about that at all, guys. But Tom Brady could play without an offensive line, I think. You know, he could get rid of the ball fast enough, but he also has no problem whatsoever standing there and taking a hit. I was really amazed watching it last season. If, you, if you've got game pass, go through and just watch Tom Brady throughout the whole season. He takes a lot of hits because he doesn't, 
He doesn't try to avoid hits. I mean, he will every now and then if he feels like he can duck or, you know, twist and get out of the way. But he's not Jameis Winston who, you know, when he sees pressure coming, he's just going to spin and run outside the pocket. He's going to stand there and try and throw the ball. You know, if he takes the hit, he takes the hit. And he gets hit a lot. And I was, I was actually very surprised at how often he got hit last year. Uh, and he it never seemed to phase him, man. He would always bounce right back up like – you know, like he was made out of iron or something. Not that iron bounces, but, you know. Didn't seem to phase him. It didn't seem to phase him. Right. Yeah, you never saw him laying there and getting up slow or anything like that. He just would get right back up. And I think, wow, that was a hit. So I'm not worried about that at all. And like I said, our offense is going to, our offensive line is going to be a top 10 offense at the end of the year. You watch. Guarantee you. Everybody's going to talk about the leaps and bounds our offensive line has made. Uh, How annoying is that going to be? Yeah. Because last season you talked about the offensive line. They got shit on all the time because Mm -hmm. Jameis is constantly running into sacks. And you would say they're an above average offensive line. Yes. Really, our biggest issue last year was our tight ends and our running backs blocking. Yeah. You know, that was where almost all of our, I would say 50% of our offensive line problems were those guys not and blocking. And then we well. had injuries where some stri- second string guys came in. Mm-hmm. So that was an issue also. So I'm not worried about Tom Brady being able to throw the ball deep. I think everybody's going to be extremely surprised at how much he throws the ball deep. I think he might throw it deep more than James Winston. Uh, because James Winston had an issue with being able to read the field. Uh, Tom Brady doesn't have that issue. He does see, not see open receivers down the field sometimes, but I think it's, you know, like like we said, it's more Belichick keeping him focused on the, the shorter stuff. I don't know. Uh, it's just guesstimation there. But, you know, Bruce Aarons is going to be like, hey, you, you look downfield first. You know, see him look for them deep balls first and, you know, I don't think Tom Brady's going to have an issue with that at all. And he's not going to have an issue with getting hit. He's not going to have an issue. We're, we're probably going to have, let's see, we had 47 sacks last year. We'll probably have 30 this year. It's going to be a huge drop, huge. Uh, as far as t- uh, interceptions are concerned. I was just about to ask you about that. What did Tom Brady have last year, 12? He had eight last season. Eight? Yes. Eight? Yes. Are you serious? Yes. Yes. He'll probably have at least 15. Sure. The most he's ever thrown in a season is 14. And that was back in 2005 was the last time he threw 14. Yeah, I'm going to say 15. That's what I'm going to put it at. He's going to play all year long. He's not going to get hurt. 15? I mean, that's more than he's ever thrown in a season. I know, but I'm telling you, I think he is chomping at the bit to get out there and just chunk this ball down the field every play. James Winston threw it deep, tw- one out of every four passes. And I think Brady's going to match that or exceed it. Okay, I disagree with you on the interceptions because in 2015, he had 4,770 yards, only had seven interceptions. So he can throw in 2012, he had 4,827 yards and eight interceptions. In his it was 52-35. That's his most in 2011. He did throw 12 that season. So it would shot in, let me see, 2007. He threw for 4,806 yards, eight interceptions. So he can throw for a lot of yards and still mitigate those interceptions. 
What's the most touchdowns he's had? Is it like 42 or something? He, he had an incredible year one year with a crap ton of touchdowns. In 2007, he had 50. Oh, my God. And he only threw eight interceptions. That's insane. That year. Yeah. And that was the year he threw 4,806 yards. I think we're going to see numbers reaching that. You know, like I said, the Bleacher Report thing, uh, their projections, I think they're just playing it safe. That's what these people do. But I I think it's going to be a lot different. A lot different. You know, I didn't want to sit here and talk about Tom Brady this whole podcast because Probably Too bad. Buck, Buck fans are probably getting sick of it. I really wanted to talk about the secondary, Carlton Davis and Jamal Dean especially. Uh, Ooh, but, I have a good stat for that. Are you ready to talk about that? Oh, well, we're almost at the I mean, it's been okay. an hour. So we'll save that for next podcast. I'm really excited to talk about that one, though. So keep your stats. Mix it in. I do have a couple items of news that I skipped over earlier. Okay, what you got? Just briefly. Indomitong uh, Sioux. Oh, it that's right. Yeah. Got married that's over right. quarantine. I guess they were planning a wedding for this weekend, and it obviously didn't happen. Yeah, I well, felt so. the big wedding, but they did get married, and yeah, it was in a big, huge church, and there was like one person there. Oh, well, they did have some in the pews. I saw some people in the pews. I only saw one front. person. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought one. I saw. It wasn't especially well lit, so I thought there were maybe a handful of people there. But they were both dressed in sweats. And the preacher was in sweats, too. Was he? Yes. And it looked like there was some kind of logo on the back. I'm not sure what the logo was. Maybe that's his clothing line. Oh, man, I don't know time. if does, he's got he, one. Yeah. I don't know if he does. Huh. So congratulations to them. It's very exciting. Yes, that is very exciting. I, re- I really like him as a person. I do too. You know, I never really knew a lot about him as a person until he came here. And then, you know, every everything he puts out, I just gobble up because, he, one, he's extremely intelligent. And uh, he just seems to be a really good person. Yeah. I've thoroughly enjoy- enjoyed having him on the team. The Falcons have agreed to terms with Dayon Buchanan, who was our money backer last year. Oh. Yeah. And somebody tweeted that he was going to wear number 44. And then Dayon said, says who? So he was super <laughs> not happy about that number 44. But. Well, you know, I wonder if they're going to be getting uh, defensive information off of him. I bet they will. Probably. So they've got Todd Gurley. Who else did they get this offseason? Who cares? We got Tom Brady. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even paying attention to You know, there else. wasn't a defense that could stop our offense last year with Jameis Winston. You know, but we, we, we always beat ourselves. You know, there wasn't, I can't think of any defense that really stopped us. But Tennessee, maybe. Uh, but nobody's going to be able to stop our offense. And I don't think anybody's expecting what our defense is going to be. I'm, I'm as, as excited, if not more so, about our defense than I am our offense. Very, very, very excited about our. Did you know that the Buccaneers are having all the players film their workouts and send it in mm, to yeah. the team? Well, I didn't know that. Really you, interesting. You told me about it. Yeah. Uh, Devin White said he's having a hard time finding people to film his workouts in the barn. <laughs> he's out there bench pressing horses. I know. <laughs> uh, we watched uh, Real Bucks talk. Uh, if you're not familiar with them, they do a podcast and they they do video work as well on YouTube. Ralph will actually be on the podcast next Monday. Next Monday, and they did a video on the new safety we drafted. Well, they did all the draft pick. I mean, most of the draft picks. 
I think. But yeah, we watched the one. We haven't watched all the other ones, but we watched Antoine Winfield Jr. Antoine Winfield, yes. And the thing that stuck out to me, it, the dude is 5'9". <laughs> it's crazy to me. He has 200 pounds, so yeah, he's a stocky a, guy. He's a stocky. Yeah, he's yeah. got some muscle on him, obviously. Uh-huh. Uh, but he looks like, uh, in, you know, of course... They they showed highlight clips, but they did mention that uh, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Uh, Which he, that's the kind of player that BA really likes, like yeah. a smart and intelligent football player. Yeah, yeah. But they, it was a really good video if you want to check out uh, some of our good uh, draft picks, good film breakdown on them. Uh, go check out Real Bucks Talk, uh, their YouTube channel. But I, I brought that up because it's just uh, I feel like our secondary is really getting – Shorn it up. Uh, yes. Anyhow, go back to your news. What do you have? That was it. That was it? That was it. <laughs> All right. We're done then. <laughs> I hope it wasn't too underwhelming. <laughs> uh, we got an unboxing video coming up on YouTube. It'll probably be up by the time you hear this. It might be up uh, tomorrow evening. If you have not seen Danger Pop on Twitter and Instagram, go follow him. He is a Bucks fan that is creating some really cool pieces. Mm-hmm. We ordered a poster of the defensive line, and it's really awesome. And I think he's got shirts. We're going to have links in the description of the unboxing video. So go ahead and follow the links to his shop and uh, check him out. Yeah, We're not, stuff. this is not sponsored either. We just really like. We should be. Hey, <laughs> yeah, they come to think of man, call him up, tell him, <laughs> shoot us some merchandise, free merchandise. <laughs> I don't want the money. Cool. Yeah. And we actually went, we made a special trip today just to get a frame for it so we can put the poster in there and it's hanging above my desk, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, I can I don't look at it all day. Because yeah. yours is already too full with all your yeah. other stuff. All so right. check out that Etsy shop of Danger Pop. Yeah, be on the lookout for that video too. And like I said, eventually it's coming real soon. We were actually going to do it today, but uh, we've got a little bit of a time crunch. We're going to be doing uh, the podcast videos on YouTube. So if you if you were more of a visual person or you want to see Molly's pretty face on the podcast, you can go to YouTube and watch them. But we haven't done it yet. Right now, it's still just the audio on YouTube. It's because Ralph took a month to do that other video. Yes, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. It's embarrassing to say. But yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for us. If you want to get in touch with us, go to www.buccaneersobserver.com. We've got all the contact information there. We're actually getting tired of trying to remember all the places to contact us. So <laughs> YouTube is good too. We do read all the YouTube comments. So leave us a comment down there. Yeah. yeah. And Twitter and all that good stuff. But just go to the, uh, the website and it'll have all the contact information, different places you can reach us and everything. Uh, we're pretty much on all the platforms except Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> I'm never joining TikTok. Who knows how long TikTok's going to be around. All right. That's going to wrap it up for us till next time. Go Bucks. <laughs>